0: The following is brought to you by the Starfleet Podcast Network, SPN, The Spin. You need to have like a Batman and Star Trek crossover like they did. There was a Batman and Star Wars crossover fan film. Can you imagine Batman going toe-to-toe with Captain Sisko, another badass? That would be pretty amazing. Battling
1: the dominion together. Oh, wow, yeah. On the final frontier, next on Deep Space Nine.
0: a red alert that's a so I, have some,
1: I have some endorsement deals you're gonna see me like hold up a mcdonald's cup and uh a, and a, no i'm just kidding I'm just with you. <laughs> yeah.
0: so you you live in cincinnati now right that's right i'm in cincinnati now so i'm in the same neighborhood here in colerain you know yeah, where the no park kidding. is right where yeah the, yeah where the elementary and the middle school is at sure well, i'm i'm a walk you know i'm not far from the park down yeah. there yeah Well, uh, I
1: went, I did all three of the Cool Rains, elementary, middle, and high. Yep. Um, And I have vivid memories of that park in the 1970s, like us doing uh, golf lessons and, like, really suburban weird stuff that we were doing back then. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, You like the silver
0: slide, uh, the one that, you know, went
1: corkscrew. I remember (laughs) the the monkey bars. Oh, yeah. And I remember... and it, just down the hill a little bit, there would have been a creek and it would have crossed over to the football field. Yes. And and down there is where we used to like putt and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I ran that track many times on the track team. Yeah. And, you know, all that kind of nonsense. And, now, but yeah, I know that neighborhood. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, what year did you graduate from Corrine High School? 84. 84. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah. so bad. You know what? That's uh okay, so eighty-four, you would have probably been closer to knowing my brother Rick. Brother Rick right. Kelly. Yeah, because he right. graduated in eighty-two and my sister the name Kathy. Rick
1: Kelly totally make you know rings a bell. Yeah.
0: Yes. My sister Kathy was in 80.
1: So oh, okay. I wouldn't have known her, but that's when my sister graduated. Okay.
0: All right. So yeah. your sister, my sister, may have yeah may have known each probably other. Probably
1: knew each other. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you were you were there. uh So when when Rick was a senior, you I think probably a sophomore. Uh, yeah. Somewhere or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, did you you play any sports back then or what were you involved in in high school? Um, I promise everyone we'll talk about Star Trek here eventually, but <laughs> it is so rare to meet someone that's involved in Star Trek that one lives in the same Dagon on city two yeah, went to the same yeah. high school. So we're going to take our time. Yeah. We're going to talk about well, this stuff. Just like your neighborhood. My neighborhood is the one that's behind the
1: baseball fields. Right, yeah, behind the baseball fields yeah, at high school, that cartwheel terrace, all that kind of stuff. So, but yep. well, my best friend uh, lived in your neighborhood when we were growing up. So, I, we would cut through there and go up to Northgate Mall, which is this great little mall. Oh, loved it. You know, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's home. That was home until I was seventeen, and then I, you know, escaped to college, about a two-hour drive away, a whole two hours away. Where'd you go to and, college? Uh, Anderson University in okay. Anderson, Indiana. Yeah, very a small, private, you know, I'll just say religious school. <laughs> um, do not interpret this hat being read for anything else than Batman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> half the audience just turned off. Anyway, <laughs> um, if, if it was half, of the audience that was disappointed in that <laughs> comment. I'll take those numbers because <laughs> that's a lot right there. <laughs> well, you
1: know, and, and, and back, back in the seventies, you know, in that little neighborhood behind cool rain is, um, in the early seventies, cause I was born in 66, the same year the show came on the, mm-hmm. the original show came on and, uh, so by the time I was actually aware, five, six, seven years old, is somewhere around in there, when you go to kindergarten, right, um, I discovered the reruns. So I, I discovered the reruns of the original series, and it something just happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> it it broke me for the rest of my life. Um, I, you were forever encased yeah, in Constance. Yeah, and, it, and it, it was it it was. It was like a light coming on you know it wasn't just you know the ships and the all that kind of nonsense it, it was the crew you know this diverse crew and now i'm in the early 1970s when coleraine had maybe eight black students
0: right right you know not maybe, a lot of diversity no, quite back then no but I just
1: consumed this show and thought, man, this is, this is, this could be what it could be like if we all did this thing together, you know? Yes. And, uh, I was hooked. I was hooked. And then, um, and you might know this theater, uh, just a couple years, you know, into my newfound Star Trek fandom, I, I, I'm a 10 year old, coring elementary, getting ready to go up to the big seventh grade, you know? Oh yeah. And, uh, one of our youth leaders says, uh, "You know, hey, I want to take Jack to this movie. Is that okay?" And they're like, "Sure, whatever." You know, he's been talking about this Star Trek thing. For the, <laughs> Star Trek, of course, right? <laughs> you know what can he say? Um, and he took me up to Showcase Cinemas, uh, yep. up Tri County Cinemas, up up two seventy five. Yep. Was this before and- the Northgate Cinema? It was there.
0: It was there. But okay. This
1: this particular theater was the only one in town that had the movie on the night it opened. Okay. Star Wars.
0: Gotcha. Yep. So
1: we saw it. We saw it opening night, not knowing anything about it except it had the word Star and Wars. So they were halfway there. You right. know, <laughs> I yeah. figured Star Wars. Or, <laughs> and 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 that one broke me as well. At, at that point, you know, when I was a little younger, I thought. Wow, how do they make this up in space? This is so cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but then um this book came out called The Making of Star Trek and uh it explained how a TV show was put together and the book had uh pictures of call sheets and how a how a how an episode would be broken down and costume notes and blueprints and that blew me away that that people are actually making this and then i saw star wars and i'm like okay i'm all in i have to do this someday and then that kind of began began my trek to now sitting here happily retired from it all
0: (laughs) and you know what's funny is that was that was well known uh, and when i was in school being a big star trek fan uh my my best friend and i um best friend's name is ben we would live and breathe star trek and uh a quick question for you so when you're at corain who was a football coach was it Calusi back then and in, in those days can, 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 can Cico,
1: can, can Cico. okay i I'm, uh he was the one before he, that one he's
0: okay yeah. before that yeah and
1: seiko or something like that he was a yeah I, yeah, I think kn- I that.
0: know who you're saying and talking about. I, yeah. I don't think I can pronounce last name either. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was there during the, the golden age, the, the reign of Carrie right. Combs. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah. yeah the guys was, that I came up with, uh, they were kind of in my age group. You, you graduated in 80... 80- 96. 96.
0: Yeah, I was 96. So,
1: yeah, by that time, people like... <laughs> like this one kid who used to make fun of me in high school you know when you're an art student they're just gonna label you whatever okay (laughs) and then like some 20 years later he's like the voice of the coring cardinals on tv and he's all in a band and he's all like long-haired and all this guy i'm like gosh dang it dude you used to f word me (laughs) (laughs) it was such a you know it was such a different time it was such a different time and uh you know, I was so glad to see Corrine and, and the area uh, evolve and and see the team. You know, when I started looking in again, the team started winning all these state championships, and I'm like, "What's going on here?" And then I, was, you know, it was amazing. It was amazing to
0: see that. It was really cool. It was because it was in so '94. That was mm-hmm. my junior year, uh, junior season there '94. was the first time that Corian had gone undefeated in the regular season. We went undefeated then uh, first time in the playoffs. So that was, that was big stuff. That was a a huge year of making a lot of records, doing a lot of things for the first time. And it was, and it's really been, it had gone on since then until recently we're in a rebuilding period. It's, uh, you know, taken, taking quite a dip, but Those kind of things happen is when you really think about it, uh, there are teams and I think you were you were there. Let's see. That was probably back in the. uh, Yeah, that was back in the Molar and Purcell Marion days where they dominated. But Turpin, Turpin, Molar, Molar. Yeah. Yeah. And St. X. Oh, God. St. X. Yeah. (laughs) And but those names you don't really hear a whole lot of now. And really? That uh, oh Princeton can't forget Princeton. Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know they were probably for several years there. They were cream of the crop for five years or so. But now for Coleraine, they stayed consistently on the map for a good twenty five years. I yeah. would say it's um, amazing. And The that's program not easy they to
1: developed is just one that was. You know, I know the Combs family. I know that their love for the school and the love for sports. And it's just perfect. It's just perfect. The only thing better is if they'd hire me to come be their drama teacher. And then we'd all have come full circle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting to get the call. Hey, Jefferson, we need you to coach. We need to come out of retirement. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be awesome. (laughs) Mm. You you started uh, doing the drama club and I'm doing the coaching and old timers like us. It'd be
1: hilarious. (laughs) Uh, you know, it's, you, you don't, uh, you don't miss it until you miss it. Absolutely. You you know, when you're there, you want to get out of it. You want to grow up so fast and do your thing. And, uh, all I can say is, you know, sip, sip the wine, don't gulp it, you know, you know, take live, whatever you, whatever makes you happy is what you should be doing. If you're not doing that, you got to reevaluate because we only get like one shot. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we get one yeah. shot at this and uh, pour it into stuff you love, like Cool Rain High School, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, always.
0: <laughs> well, how did you find it being a Star Trek fan when you were in high school? I want to know what that was like as compared to what my experience was, which wasn't a negative thing. But, you know, we'll see. I think it was different for me because I was a football player and those guys are supposed to be the, the tough jocks that. Eat nails, chew yeah. glass, and yeah. so I being a Star Trek fan was kind of like, oh yeah, really? Well, no. Back
1: in my day, we had guys in the show choir who were also like star football players. So okay. in the show choir, huh? <laughs> yeah, we mixed we mixed a lot. Music okay. was a, a huge thing while I was there, and um, I, I, I I was voted most talented my senior year. In fact, oh, okay. and uh, um the 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 quality of the theater program and the quality of the choirs and you know we like consistently won everything we did that those couple years that we were there and you know it, it was a it was amazing you know people were like how come you didn't go to the school of creative and form arts because i was getting everything i needed right there you know in, in my backyard and it was a, an amazing time um you can't be just jumping over the fence and there you are no, just You're run at home school. at lunch, run back, and make sure nobody catches you. <laughs> but you know, so yeah, it's uh, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. We we did a lot of mixing, you know. I it wasn't as as, as clicky as you know. I mean, they were the groups, but the groups intermingled, you know. There were only like 500 of us. We had to
0: enter. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. I think yeah. my graduating class was 490 some. So yeah. that was, and you're right. It, it was a lot smaller and it just, it felt like not that. I mean, sure. There are, there are clicks wherever you go, no matter where you go. Sure. But it seemed like there was some more intertwining then. So being a fan of things like Star Trek and Star Wars, were probably not, a big deal, it sounds yeah. like, but it was still sort of new. I mean, it it, it was, was not; it
1: was new. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that the message—the message really was—that Star Trek was for everyone. Yes, you know, it wasn't just for the AV guys or the computer kids. You know, Star Trek in, in, in at that time was for everyone. We just had the original series, then the animated series, and then the first. Second and the third movie might have come out.
0: Let's in see, eighty-five or eighty-three. I want to say, uh "Search for Spock." Wrath of Khan was eighty-two. Search yeah, for so Spock would have been, had to be. I think I want to say eight, it was definitely after you graduated. I want to say eighty-four, yeah, 85, 86, something. Eighty-four
1: was. I thought eighty-four was. Oh, this is terrible. I'm losing all my Star Trek credit. Here, let me.
0: Four was uh, the voyage home. I thought. Uh, well, I, let me see. Let's look at it. I, I know 82 was Wrath of Khan. That's when I got into it. I was yeah, for sure. all of five years old then. Uh, um, what a great, what a great way to get introduced, right? right. Yeah, it was. But, well it, but So it, it,
1: there was just so little of it. 1984 that, was that, Star
0: Trek three.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that's my senior year. I'm really not thinking much about Star Trek at that point. Mm-hmm. And, um, because, you know, I was doing, you know, the girls and the plays and the music and, the, you know, uh-huh. it was high school. Hanging you know, I out with the ladies. You were doing, doing what Trek high two. schoolers do. Exactly. Um, I put her off to college and I'm sitting, you know, down one evening in 19 September of 87. And I had heard this new thing. This new Star Trek was going to come out. And I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. And... Uh, from the very first episode of Next Gen, I was so deep back into Star Trek. I could not. I was reading every novel. I was, <laughs> you know, I was recording episodes on VHS off live TV
0: and pausing
1: oh. the tape to get rid of the commercials.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how savvy we had to, had to get with oh the gosh. the pausing and unpausing? We got to it, where we could kind of anticipate. And the, you know, I didn't realize it at the time,
1: but, you know, that was kind of my first foray into editing, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the timing and the, you know, getting the pacing and understanding how the show worked. Because after a while, you knew when the commercial was going to come because the music just changed just a little bit or they they've hit a certain beat in the storyline. So, you knew it was time yeah. to get up and touch the little Radio Shack button that would fade it to yeah, whatever.
0: <laughs> but well, I was, if only I, kids I was these days knew it. what we struggled with.
1: So a, a couple years and then I mean, I had graduated college and I wrote a letter to I wrote a letter to Star Trek.
0: Wow. <laughs> so silly. This was pre-internet. Pre yeah, pre-internet. Pre internet, you know, we're all pre we're pre-Google here for the yeah. anyone in our younger side of the so audience. We is, had to write uh, letters. Exactly. This is going into the third season
1: and I write a letter to Mary Howard, the unit production manager. And I said, look. Can I come out and work for you for free, <laughs> just for a couple weeks, just to see what production is like, to get a taste of it? And she said yes.
0: I bet. Next you thing weren't. I knew,
1: I was on a plane from little old Cincinnati all the way out to Los Angeles, and the next morning I was driving through the gates of Paramount because I was the new little temporary, you know, production assistant. And uh, I saw a couple famous episodes get made, and uh, like Sarek and a few toys, uh, a few toys, uh, uh toys, the, the toys, most toys, the most toys, a few, the most, whatever. Yeah, whatever. What you are you, it. a collector? <laughs> 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 what are you, comparing your collection now? <laughs> whatever. Um, and uh, a- after that, I just you know, dug my heels in, I went back, um. Moved to Washington, D.C., started working for uh, the school district there who had two uh, instructional TV channels on cable. We provided programming. We directed live shows. Uh, I learned just a ton about – I mean, I learned everything about production. And uh, one day thought, I want to make my own movie. Yeah. (laughs) What an idiot. Anyway,
0: <laughs> It's not as easy as just saying it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I quit my job at this school and for uh, the next three years, it was like my wife putting me through med school. You know, I poured all my time into and into trying to find a project into doing the project into seeing the project into completion. And that of course became that first fan film. One of the first fan film, the star Trek new voyages thing. Yeah. And uh uh through that um I had met Doug Drexler and uh, we worked on like the next two episodes to three episodes total together four really uh because we will get and that's and I'm not gonna tell that story
0: <laughs> <laughs> now but, you've got me uh, you curious <laughs> uh, uh
1: the the Sulu episode yes uh-huh we we, we were not on that episode. Okay. okay. Um uh Enterprise gets canceled. Doug gets a phone call from Gary Hutzel, the visual effects supervisor who had worked on TNG and Deep Space 9, mm-hmm. and, you know, um asking to come join Battlestar Galactica. And so Doug called me and said, "Do you want to come work with me on Battlestar Galactica?" And like kind of be the CGI office coordinator, you know, take care of all the phones and papers and artists and all that kind of business. You know, I was like, sure. And I was on a plane. (laughs) And then my wife who was teaching at the time, uh, she came out four months later and we worked on Galactica and then Bionic Woman and the Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor Chronicles and something about an airplane, not lost. I can't remember. Bionic Woman? Did I say Bionic Woman? You said Bionic Woman. Night Night Rider, uh, a Night Rider pilot. Yeah, you know, just a bunch of stuff. We were uh, we had our offices at NBC Universal on the lot at Universal, where the little tour and the yeah. theme park are. Mm-hmm. We'd you know knock off from work and go ride Jurassic Park and all that kind of stuff. Uh-oh. But um, so all this stuff is happening. But there's this like ten year old in me who's screaming, like "Holy cow!" Um, by this time, I had directed Walter in episode uh, Walter Koenig who played Chekhov.
0: Yeah,
1: I had direct, I had worked with George a little bit on oh well, just a little bit, and uh, several other Tos people, and over time. Through Doug, there'd be parties at his house and Michelle Nichols would be there or Barbara Luna or, you know, and so over the years, these became like my friends. So it yes. was weird to like watch the original series anymore because I wasn't seeing Kirk and Spock and McCoy and, you know, I was seeing Michelle and George and Walter. And that had Grace to be amazing. And, yeah, it was. It was.
0: It was an honor. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs>
0: Choosing um, words very wisely tonight.
1: <laughs> it's it's hard to meet your heroes, sure. as you can imagine.
0: Okay. Yeah, they um, say never meet your heroes is a is a phrase out there.
1: But, you know, all I can say is that especially the ones I became close to like Michelle and Walter, they're gold. Mm-hmm. um you know she was she was an amazing woman just i have this picture in my mind of she and i sitting in doug's backyard on some random saturday afternoon and uh there were a bunch of people over because they were raising money for walter koenig's star on okay. the Walk, hollywood walker thing if you didn't know it cost like twenty thousand dollars and yeah, isn't you know, it's that not something really given to you? It's, it's not. not yeah, buy.
0: <laughs> can you? You've got to buy your own star on Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's ridiculous.
1: It is. It is true. You you can also buy your own Oscar from Etsy, but don't tell anybody I told you that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you know, it's it's all fake. It's meaningless show business stuff. But, right. Um, but you know, the, that kid in me was just you know. He would sit there and listen to Nichelle tell, you know, a story I might have heard a, a few times at conventions and stuff, but just enraptured by her presence. Mm-hmm. She was she was an incredible woman. Um, and, and I and I made her laugh and there's nothing better than funny. So she she liked me <laughs> and that was yeah. great. That was great. So, you know, lots of lots of really good experiences. But, you know, what we did was not easy. Right. Um, It was pre-internet, not pre-internet, it was pre-YouTube. Yeah. So, like, those first couple episodes, I had to wrangle people who would give a server space that people could click on a download link and FTP, you know, it was... Those
0: were the Wild West days back. and you could then. still
1: hear the modem ringing in those days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all the so, modem. yes. You know, and, you know
1: we had to learn how to had to learn how to compress files and how to I mean all kinds of major things before there was this YouTube or really a, a Facebook to talk about it. you know, I think we maybe made an announcement on MySpace. Tre- Trek, BB, Trek BBS and Trek I know, I Today. I Trek BBS, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, started getting the word out. And then it just blew up crazy. I mean, I didn't know it blew up. Uh, I didn't know until we went to the first, our first Star Trek convention in Pasadena in 2005. There was a grand slam. Mm-hmm. And we decided to go and put up a table just for the heck of it. And uh, I mean, we we just didn't know how, how, how people were responding to it because there was just no real way to feed. We had some limited BBS functionality back then, but, you know, it was the reception we got was overwhelming. And then by the time the second episode came out, it premiered the same night as the third season of Enterprise. And to say the numbers were close would not be a lie of how many downloads we had over a weekend versus how many viewers they had for their third season premiere. Wow.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I've watched all those episodes and. Oh yeah. Yes. I I was a big follower of (laughs) new voyages and uh, also with continues with star Trek continues.
1: Oh yeah. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, And it was, I think it was great then because they happened at such a time where there was just that, that want for Star Trek content because enterprise yeah. was kind of yeah. on its way out. Uh, it was getting, that was getting close. A million, close.
1: million and a half viewers a week at most. And yeah. that's not a, that's not 22 million that TNG was getting in its heyday. Right. Exactly. A big
0: drop off. Yeah.
1: And I think we touched a nerve. And 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 I and I'm right here. I'm going to take credit for the JJ movies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but I think I think Paramount, who sent us a cease and desist letter, who we went to the lawyer's office and Doug defended us with his job and life and limb, and they decided that we could continue to do it. This is before the big agreement where everything fell apart. Mm-hmm. That we could continue to do it as long as we didn't make money and kind of you know didn't make a big deal about it. We could not make a big deal about it. It yeah, wasn't you... us making a big deal about it. But anyway, yeah,
0: you're not the ones make the big deal out of out of it. What is, so they oh let up, they let us do it, and
1: I think, and they absolutely kept their eye on us, and I think they were absolutely shocked to find out that even people playing these traditional characters were getting views. You know what what is it about this? You know, and, and I think that led to them. In later years, being more TOS-centric in their product. Right. You know, that, that the appetite was so large that and I don't think anybody knew.
0: You know, There was a big I, appetite for it because we had such a content drought after Enterprise yeah. and Nemesis. And yeah. at that time, there was no Trek on the horizon. Nothing was being talked no. about. Oh, no. Nothing. And we hadn't, at, at that point... With with our generation of of fans, we had not experienced a content drought like that. When I when I started in Wrath of Khan, now then I went back and watched the motion picture and followed all the movies. So if you if you start with uh, with mo- with motion picture, there was something. Every couple years or so, there was not. And then once we got into the TV series, so there was never really any kind of lag. Not like it was from yeah. 69 yeah. to, right, 77, to when 77. when, the, yeah, yeah, when TLS ended. yeah. Well, if you count the uh, the animated series, that's yeah. more like 71, 72-ish. Yeah.
1: Still, but that's still. A, that's a big gap.
0: Yeah. yeah. There was a big gap in between. There, there wasn't a book every month
1: right there wasn't you know we we were fortunate enough to get things like that original technical manual yep. or the blueprints you know that sort of thing um but there was you know you couldn't walk into a place and find like star trek inspired clothes or whiskey online or any none of that it no. all went away yeah no, it was gone um I, I think anybody who does a fan film nowadays is a hero and they should keep doing it. And I think it's great. And I've seen a lot of them, you know, I had some limited involvement with star Trek continues. I co-wrote the first episode. I directed one of the vignettes. Um, uh, I really did it because I enjoyed being on the sets more
0: than anything
1: else. It was yeah. great, though. I mean, they had they had the full run of the sets laid out exactly like it was in 1966.
0: Now, and phase two was done uh, in Ticonderoga at the set there, and yeah. or was it? Yeah, where where was that now, one? To the, make- the
1: set that where that tour happens
0: nowadays. Yeah, yes. Uh-huh.
1: I've never seen that. In my life, okay. I'd so that was there.
0: that was not used yeah. for any filming. Okay, because yeah, I, I was told right. that I was involved in. Okay, yeah.
1: yeah originally, there's like this drugstore <laughs> in on the main strip, going down through Ticonderoga, and on one side of the street, there's a building with four office spaces, and he had Callie had a bit of the bridge built in one of them. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we started with a bit of the bridge and a transporter room and a few flats, and we really didn't have anything more than that till Walter's episode, when at that point we moved out of the second floor building and moved to some uh, abandoned.
0: This a grocery store, wasn't it?
1: Garage. It was a garage. No, this is even before the grocery store. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, and boy, that was. Those are rough, rough places. That was rough living, brother. You know, you got Walter Koenig there on the set. You've got a fly problem. You've got maybe one working toilet. You know, all these all these bloopers with Walter, like, slamming his script down, trying to kill flies. And getting, I mean, it was just a nightmare. And the third one was the last one I did. I was like, this is too much for me. You know, this is yeah. too much. You know, my goal was to put together a team that could go to from project to project and uh assume different roles you know depending on what we were going to do the three episodes i did each one is formatted differently because you know the first one was like a pilot and then the second one was like a traditional episode and then the third one my cut of the third one is a long form film uh so i wanted to do something i didn't want to like Star Trek continues just episode, 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 episode. And everybody's just wanting to do the episode. I wanted to do something to, you know, grow us each time, to do something different, to stay a little cutting edge, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But that wasn't everybody else's vision, you know? Uh, And so I moved to Galactica and everything's fine. Um, But it it was hard. It was hard to do those, you know, pre-HD. We recorded everything to... Through the camera into a laptop onto hard drives. Um,
0: oh. No air conditioning. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's not a working, hardly a working toilet, no air conditioning. That's that's it roughing lies. it right there. Yeah, that's, you're so, not yeah. glamping right there. That's for Someday
1: sure. Someday maybe I'll go see these museum sets, you know, but th- these are not the sets we filmed in New Boys. Yeah.
0: I've always wanted to get into a fan film and Mm. I hopefully that may, I don't want to jinx it, but I did have a interview. One of these interviews with a gentleman named Ray Tessie who is the owner operator producer of neutral zoom studios, which is the TOS set down in uh, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked for a little while on that uh, about the, the fan films and uh, we had talked about doing an, doing an idea for that, that that I would be involved in. And I just thought to myself, wow, you know, this is – it's great when you expand your friendship network to meet new yeah. people and come across people because you start seeing things like that happen. And yeah. I, I'm, I told, my, told my friend that, hey, I may – it's several months from now, but it may be, who knows – I may be in a Star Trek fan film. Now, if you would have gone to me <laughs> it's awesome. back in back at Coleraine throughout yeah. all those days and yeah. said, hey, Jefferson, you know, that Star Trek that you love. What do you think about being in a fan film? Whether I mean, there's no such thing as fan film. Yeah, then. Like, or
1: you are you yeah, well, no, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah.
0: still and something like that is it's still something to be proud of because fan filmmakers, as much as they can, do take these seriously they do want it to oh, look yeah. good and have some good oh, yeah. production value there's been other films i followed one of the big ones i really liked was hidden frontier which oh, was sure, also yeah. yep also yeah. around that time yeah. uh that was a, that was a big one and with all of these the the productions just they get better and better and better as they're going along because you're just learning new stuff new techniques different ways of editing or shooting things like that and making use of your green screen Uh, So when you're talking about doing something where you're doing this out of pocket, Mm -hmm. it takes it really takes a love and a passion for that. And we even get the uniforms. We've got the uniforms. I've got now this is going to be a depressing story. I have my DS9 captain's uniform sitting in the closet. I've I've got to lose a bunch I, well, I, I both I, I did <laughs> for a while I did fit in it um but uh, unfortunately I've got to get back into uniform wearing shape yes back into Star Trek trim yes right back, back to Star Trek trim yeah yeah so that's that's there waiting for me I've, I've got the com badge nice. I've got the I got the rank pips got those made on thingiverse oh sure yeah it was the um it was just yellow it was yellow and it was the round thing but they had a uh there was a space in it where you would put the magnet so you put oh. the magnet in it and then you had yeah, another yeah. piece that the so you put the one part under the collar and yeah. then the other the pips all had the backs had the magnet so right. you would attach the magnet uh, i had to paint them gold you know i wanted to be nice. authentic yeah, yeah. one be gold to so, of so yellow i'm not a peasant so, I know, but, <laughs> well that's good I yeah. wouldn't be
1: talking to you otherwise <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do not allow peasants here you know it's uh, and got my son a uniform and that's what's oh, great nice. is yeah he's got uh, he's got a couple of them he's got a next gen uh, gold uniform operations uniform and a ds9 uniform that was the first one I got which came from China and boy were the measurements off. I don't know how they measure them, <laughs> folks over there, but it's, it's metric, man. You it, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah. So, and that's the thing is is nice is getting getting uniforms and yeah. You and I at our ages now having kids. Well, do you have kids? Yeah. No, we steered clear. But Keep like, it that so. way.
1: <laughs> Let we me just cats. tell you,
0: the cats. Okay, that's that's fine. No I love my kids wouldn't trade them for anything, but the advice I give to anyone who doesn't have kids keep it that way. If you like being able to just wake up, get on a plane and go do production for whatever, that's great. But you know, when you have a family, it's not quite getting up and go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we got to LA. um, I jumped into Galactica and then there was a writer's strike. And in order to keep eating, Uh, Mm -hmm. I switched over to, um, I'll call it documentary television. Uh, Some of it was. I I did a show for National Geographic called Border Wars and a show called Beyond Scared Straight for a and E.
0: A a few others. I worked on Ben 10 for a while. Oh, Um, Beyond Scared Straight. Was that the one where they would send uh, the (laughs) kids that were acting up at the (laughs) dinner tables, put them in a prison to get yelled at and... All of that stuff. Ooh. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I produced that show for a while. It was a great idea to, to the point where you got numb, numb, numb to it. Uh, I was doing pre-interviews, sitting down with prisoners like I always do, just talking to this guy, being all you know, Jack, pleasant, happy, lappy, you know. And uh, later on, he gets up to tell his story about the people found in the bed in the back of his car and all this. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was just like, yucking it up with this dude. I had totally shut, shut down uh, the reality of the situation. Yeah. And it only came back to me really. I, I've been thinking a lot about it lately because one of the shows we did was in the Fulton County jail in outside of Atlanta where everyone Famous has been booked recently.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and, mm-hmm. um, and that the jail that's under FBI investigation, in fact, and I can tell you, they should have been investigating them 15 years ago. <laughs> Cause what we saw at the Portland County jail was horrifying. Those kids were scared straight. I'm telling you. Really? Wow. Uh, very few kids like failed the test, so to speak, yeah. you know, um,
0: they I mean it's just amazing what they did to this. Here kids. Let us put you in a for profit prison and see yeah. how things go for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: Uh did a show for National Geographic called National Geographic called Border Wars, where we were on the borders of the, like of Nogales, uh filming customs agents and border patrol and being out in the desert, you know. Where was this at? This was the uh, in Nogales, um, it was a National Geographic show called Border Wars. It Sounds like a place
0: I wouldn't want to be. <sighs> it's not <laughs> nice.
1: It's not nice. Um, but, it, you know, so Rider Strike, I had to do other things. What I really loved about the other things is that because of no family, just my wife, and she was doing her thing, you know, she's a musician in her own Right. Um, I'm on a plane nearly every week, going someplace else to mm-hmm. film another group of kids or another thing, you know, like you know, whatever. And um, and just recently, she and I were talking about retiring to Portugal because we can, really? <laughs> if we want to, you know. Why stay? We it's not like we have kids to worry about her grandkids, you know, let's continue the journey. I mean, she and I know you've got to stay with
0: me and get back. <laughs> cool in we got to get back in that school, bring it Not back down a- to what it was like in, in the eighties. Let's go old school. We won't be leaving for a few years, but
1: you know, <laughs> we, we were talking about, you know, when I retire, which is really technically, I could do it legally in five years. Um, I'm 57. That's amazing. 62. Um, I was like 36 when we did new voyages. Yeah. Pearl and I got married the same year we filmed the first episode in 2003. Wow. And so we still, we're kind of trapped in time. We still think we're like 20 or 30 years old because Mm -hmm. we didn't have kids and we have no one to judge the passage of time against. So we still feel like us because we haven't had some other person near us growing taller than dad or bigger than mom or, (laughs) you know, we didn't have that, that time gauge that, you know, most everybody else
0: has. So we're still running around thinking we're going to conquer Everest. So the question for you is since uh, it it seems like you might be able to give an impartial uh, assessment of this, but new voyages and continues were happening about the same time with each other was there any sense of competition between the two? Was it just, we're both doing this thing for our love of star Trek or was it, we're trying to be better than them. Uh, You know, conflict breeds innovation pushes everyone to get better, but what was the atmosphere like on those two productions? Well, for me, new voyages happened.
1: And that was it for me. It ended in 2006. Mm-hmm. And then from 2006, you know, for the like next five years, I was doing the L.A. thing. And then Vic, I met Vic and he's like, do you want to help us do this thing? It'll be great. I'm like, oh, sure. I didn't even know New Voyages was still going. I, I was just. I was I was out of it. I was definitely into my professional career. Mm-hmm. Um so I, you know, kind of helped Vic spool it up and, 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 you know, it got going. And then I just like, this is obviously not what I need to be doing. I, I just went back to my regular thing. So to me, they didn't happen concurrently. But to answer your question, yes, there was competition. And uh, especially from the continued side. Uh, it was very apparent to me that the people being brought in, the people being asked to help, the uh, it, it became apparent to me that it was one-upmanship. Okay. You know, he and James had fallen out over something. So Vic went off and made his own show. That's what happened. And... I hadn't talked to James since I left New Voyages, and that's fine, whatever. We weren't like great friends to begin with. Um, And then Vic came to me, and then I kind of started realizing that, you know, he he tried to get my original Uhura to play his Uhura, and he tried to get my check off to play his check off. And of course he ended up using other people because my guy said no, rightfully so. Uh, they had already done that in there and they were actors, actors. They were both in Los Angeles by then. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a number of our people in the early days of New Voyages ended up in L.A. Um, the kid who played Spock, he ended up in L.A. He ended up working on Galactica. Did you know? he really? Yeah. 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 As a PA, which was great. Wow. Was, you know, it was great. It was great to have him. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, I'll tell a story that sums it up. I sat down once in Georgia at those sets yep. uh, because I was working with everybody. And I sat down on a room off and on the side. I was just kind of piddling around on the piano, and Just you know, I, I played since I was very young. So I was playing and just kind of clearing my head, and in walks. Vic, and he sat down and kind of scooched me off the bench and played far better than me, you know, and as he did, I just kind of thought, okay. And I just kind of got up and walked out of the room and just went someplace else. (laughs) And that was the whole vibe I I got from him that you know he and James had had this fight he, he so he's gonna go off and make his and he's gonna do it better and he's gonna pour more money into it and his sets are gonna be better and his con you know whatever I I got out I got out really quick and it was the last time I you know prior to continues I worked with the Farragut people and they're great um sane normal people yeah <laughs> and that's what I, I I enjoyed about them um and then they got tied in with Vic and then It just, I'm like, aren't we doing this because we love Star Trek Mm -hmm. and want to spread the message that we grew up with to other people? But And maybe we do that on screen, but behind the scenes, it's a disaster. You know, the agendas and the background, it was just, it was just all all of them but Farragut was a hateful experience.
0: I talked to to, and now, um, I t- who's on Farragut? Tell me again who the names on... John Broughton. John, John Broughton, John Broughton yeah. I talked to on Facebook, trying to get him scheduled to do a talk with me. Uh, but the uh, the conventions kind of threw things off track a little bit. And I uh, hadn't heard back from him trying to get him on because I would definitely like to have him on here to talk to uh, he's, for sure. He's a
1: spiritual hip dude. I, yeah. You know, I have great respect for him and... Great respect for what he endured being in this tug of war between these two.
0: Next time you see him, say, hey, Big J is trying to get you on his podcast. It's awesome. It's a good podcast. We went to high school together. He played ball. No. He could yeah. put you in an arm bar if you don't do the thing. So <laughs> Yeah. We won't
1: buy you season tickets to the to the to the to the Cardinals. Come on.
0: Well, season tickets um, for Coran aren't that valuable now these yeah, days. Yeah, back back in the, the golden days. We're the thinking thing. about
1: coming up, not to change the subject, but we're thinking about coming up for a Friday night football game sometime this fall,
0: just to kinda if, if you do, if you do, seriousness, I will give you my number. We definitely need to meet up, catch up, do some trek talk because yeah, be it would great. it would be an absolute shame for you to come be here in Coleraine where I live. Yeah, and, and not like connect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would just yeah. it would it would be silly. So yeah, we should definitely We'll just
1: do a we'll do a live broadcast from the game and relate it to truck oh.
0: somehow. <laughs> hmm.
1: I'll talk to the guy that does the video stuff there and we can get up in the booth or huh. just kinda have a
0: Fun you know, time
1: travel. We've traveled back in time to the year 2023. I
0: think you're onto something. <laughs> that would be because we've they, they've Friends got room, cooking, baby. I'm sure yeah, they've got they room like in the, the press the, booth, and we yeah, could be yeah. set up set up there and doing a Star Trek podcast while talking about the game. Yes, excellent. Yeah. Kind of fun.
1: Yeah, it could be very
0: funny. Who would we need to talk to about? Brian
1: about Wyatt. That. Oh, I shouldn't say his name out loud. It doesn't matter. Brian Wyatt. He does a lot of the broadcasty stuff up there right now.
0: Yeah, we need we need to make that so, and uh, before the season, make it ends, so make yeah, it so. so yeah, have those feelers out tomorrow. Well, look, I mean, I've got. I think I, I still have a little bit of street cred there, a little bit. Hopefully, good. you know, everyone counts. <laughs> <laughs> I've
1: done, but that's okay. Um, those.
0: Just say, back, do you remember I'm the guy that was all American football player here during the Combs years? And and they'll tell you Jefferson Kelly like yeah that's him he he wants us to do a podcast and yeah yeah, and then we're in
1: hilarious very hilarious (laughs) um I hated all the stuff that went on behind the scenes yeah it it broke me as a fan it broke me and to the point where I hadn't watched any new Star Trek I haven't rewatched anything in years I mean it's just It's kind of painful. Mm -hmm. Kind of painful. Um, I know two of the casts pretty well, so you know that kind of ruins the shows (laughs) because I, you know, I I, yeah, I know them and I've been with them and done you know fun things with them. I have been watching the new Star Trek, like Strange New Worlds. I think it's great. Um, I think Mm -hmm. Lower Decks is great. I know a lot of my friends were angry about Picard season one and two for some reason. What? I for what for reason? reason? I don't know. Um, and then, you know, you see the fans saying, yeah, you're not really a fan and you are, you know, whatever. Here, <laughs> here's the thing. Star Trek's for everybody. Yes. And there is no bad Star Trek because to someone, it is their first Star Trek. The reason I'm TOS obsessed is because that's what hit me in my formative years. I have a friend who in his formative years, it was Voyager and I couldn't understand how can you, you know, but then I, I put it together that it's that thing that hits you. It's that, that era that hits you in your formative years is usually what sticks and nothing yeah. else is going to be as good as what hit you in your formative years, because right. those were your formative years yeah. and they're not making Star Trek for 50 year olds right now.
0: They're you know? not. Mine they're was trying T- to get, yeah, TNG. They're was trying funny. to
1: get new fans, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I understand that. So, you know, it's all Star Trek, whether you like it or not. And fans just need to embrace the fact that, in our infinite diversity, in our, you know, we, in our, you know, infinite diversity, infinite combinations, combinations. it's all Star Trek. You might not like something, but don't, don't bring it down, you know, because that could be someone's formative Star Trek. And that, that's the, that's the thing that, you know, I want fans to know, don't bring each other down. Star Trek is about lifting each other up and, Setting a goal that we could be like them someday in the future if we only, you know.
0: Yeah. You heard together. that phrase, no one no one hates Star Trek more than a Star Trek fan. Yeah. Yeah. That shouldn't be a thing, but that's a phrase that is no. out there. And it's, it's a real shame because we could all like Star Trek. You shouldn't have to take the stance that if you don't like Discovery, but I do, that you shouldn't be. Up my ass about it, trying to tell me why it's yeah. a bad show and why it's not good.
1: I saw people saying if you like Discovery, you're not really a Star Trek fan because that's we, not really Star Trek. And I'm like, no, You got to stop minute. doing this stuff. It's all Star Trek, whether you like it or not. Yep. What you don't like about it, friends, listen carefully, is because it's not your Star Trek from your formative years. Nothing will touch you like TOS did or TNG or Voyager or Deep Space Nine or Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Nothing will touch you in the future like it did back then. So you just have to understand it's somebody's Star Trek. And it might not be your thing, but, man, you've got 650 hours to go back and rewatch of the you know, TNG and all that era. Just go watch that and leave
0: people alone. Let them have their own experience with the show. You're talking to guys here that know where they were when Picard was assimilated. Sure. Almost like the generation before us, they knew where they were when JFK was assimilated or when, not assimilated, assassinated when Challenger blew up for us. It was that. And at that point to be continued was at least from what I could glean, was not something that you see often at all. And no. <clears throat> when that that crescendo of music is happening, uh, and it's just everything is now getting really on edge, like the the hair yeah. on my neck is standing up. Right. I, I'm right. I, I'm feeling like that anxiety attack coming. And then you get the camera panning over Riker, and he says, "Mr. Worf, yeah. fire." And then you go to, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, you get the "to be continued." I'm standing there in shock, frozen in front of the TV, and I started doing something that was very irrational. I thought that if I would rewind a little bit and play uh, it, that the episode yeah. would keep playing. That, <laughs> that was how much trauma awesome. I experienced. Then was I? I felt like no, this can't yeah. be. And then that summer. That summer was hell, just yeah. with all the talk. All the uh, there's a TV guide cover that he was on, and that was the big talk was what's going to happen with the yeah. card. And the reason that that happened was because at the time we didn't know if Patrick Stewart was going to return. There were contract yeah, negotiations. Was
1: contract was, was, contract was, negotiating, yeah, <laughs> was coming
0: up, and he up to that point, uh, I don't, I don't know when he loosened up, but you hear the stories from the cast and crew but he was yeah. he he was wound pretty tight the first couple of seasons cuz he he was a yes he was a professional uh classic classically trained theater actor and all these guys are screwing around these Americans and not taking yeah. things seriously so it took a while to loosen him up but uh there there was some head bumping uh that he was involved in and it was mm-hmm. kind of a we don't know if he's coming back so that's why we're writing a you know, story.
1: He, he, to to Patrick's credit, um, he's actually come back and apologized to them for that. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, yeah. He, he he. They were all in a big group, and it was being filmed, and he just said, "Look, I want to apologize. I didn't realize it at the time. You know, I didn't. You know, it was just so I didn't know it was what it was going to become. I didn't know what it was going. You know, it was just. You know, I'm an Englishman in New York syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> you know and uh, he he's very humble and very gracious and you know you just see how warm he is with people but um yeah yeah he 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 did go back and and make amends for being a bit of a englishman
0: for
1: a <laughs> couple seasons you know. um but you know the way you describe that moment you know each fan has that moment you know for mm-hmm. for for some people it might be you know one of the two-part episodes of voyager or you know what's going to happen with the dominion you know or when war first came on deep space nine mm-hmm.
0: um
1: that was when those,
0: ds9 took off well yeah yeah
1: um all of those are legitimately great moments all of them you know mean something to somebody
0: you know don't berate them right right well Let them enjoy it each series had that point where things turned around and the series became w- what it was and in next gen you had Riker's beard right and ds9 you had Cisco's goatee right and the arrival of wharf and yep. Voyager you had seven of nine which uh, was really the purpose there was to go after the uh, we want I kind can UPN. Democratic. I mean, it was
1: UPN. You know, it was. It was. Uh, they were trying to get younger viewers. Like maybe it worked. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was the show changed drastically, and it, it and it was a great show. Um, did they do anything like that on Enterprise? Did they bring anybody in mid season or?
0: No, Enterprise stayed how it was. There were there was no. They had it's, their rotating guest stars like Sharon and the Klingon, or the whatever you yeah. know, those people. Gar Gow, not Gowron, but uh, the Admiral uh, and uh, whatever. Yeah, Admiral Forrest. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. N- no, Enterprise did not have something like that. They did not have a Riker's beard or a Cisco's goatee or war. Yeah, they didn't have uh, Seven of Nine. They didn't have that one thing that happened or changed. That would be the the and, key turner for that series. There, there was just no big.
1: I think they thing. were on the verge of it, though. You know, you know, they got canceled in the fourth season. Um, Manny Cotto had just come on that year to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, he would go on to produce, like, was it 24 or something, you know, big like that.
0: Yeah, it was um, 24.
1: And um, Manny just, like, threw in the kitchen sink and did everything fun that last season without knowing it was going to be the last season. You know, they did the In a Mirror Darkly episode where they go back to the, you know, the Enterprise. And that scope that comes up out of their helm, mm-hmm. that, is, that is the new Voyage's scope. We boxed it up and shipped it to them. You and did?
0: They, did, they oh. did not have
1: time to use it. Uh, to build one themselves. So anyway, just saying yeah. that's the, that's the new boy. Just skipped. that's why he has to hunch down because it's actually the wrong scale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they replaced it later with one of the right scale, but uh, yeah, man, it's just Star Trek fans are great and they can be so loving and giving, but they got to give each other a break. I, I, I'm, I'm bummed about the discord that that's, that's that, that I see online and glad i'm not part of it because let me know like i'll let you know i I was raked over the internet back in the day you know who's this people think they are you know Mm -hmm. it was i used to tell the cast don't go to the message boards you're not gonna like it stay away (laughs) stay away it's for your mental health stay there be monsters yeah yeah hey man thanks so much for taking the time to Get together and
0: talk. I enjoyed it. Yeah, this was great. Really enjoyed yeah. it. I think yeah. we had a lot of fun uh, telling stories. We could tell the high school and Star Trek stories for yeah, quite some time. Yeah, sorry for delving so. into
1: our personal business. But no, it's this great. This is why you're here. I am Jack Marshall, co-creator of Star Trek New Voyages, and I grew up to be a, a Hollywood producer. So, meh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dreams do come true, you know? Do you have any... The social medias or promotions anything like that that you would like our audience to know about i
1: work very quietly doing a lot of photography i'm just doing my own thing by myself on my own not for public consumption i'm just living in the country watching cows go by. it's great yeah yeah it's nice yeah. but i mean i am on facebook uh, jack marshall yeah i'm on facebook yeah feel free to stop by i Say all kinds of politically charged things every day, so. <laughs> <laughs> because it takes a village to raise an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks. Let's do this again sometime, and uh, you know, you can you can actually ask me some questions instead of just having me wander off. You know, down the line of that's simility. the
0: that's the good stuff. <laughs> this isn't one and out. You know, we we come oh, back more funny. organized and and everything but yeah it's no it's good well thank you i do appreciate it i do appreciate it if you enjoyed this podcast you can support us at patreon.com slash beyond we are beyond Trek podcast lower your inhibitions and surrender your years we will add inspirational and hilarious trip content to your day your attention will adapt to subscribe to us resistance is futile